Yo, this is Sam Sports Podcast. It is Wednesday, February 21st, 2018. How's everybody doing today? Thanks a lot for tuning in, taking time out of your life to share it with me. As I talk a little basketball, talk a little life, I uh, my birthday's coming up on Saturday. It's going to be pretty exciting. Um, flying back home to Philadelphia, going to see the Sixers play the Orlando Magic. Uh, going to see... Um, it's interesting. Five o'clock tip-off. Definitely a uh, bit of an interesting tip-off. Either either way, I'm hoping it's going to be a W. It should be a W. I'm I'm excited to see uh, excited to see the guys up close and personal. I uh, haven't really seen uh, Ben Simmons in personal yet. Uh, haven't seen um, well. I've I've seen him beat. I've seen him rest these guys. But I want to see uh, the cohesion in uh, in real time. Get up close and personal with these guys, and hopefully, you know, playing the magic. Listen, the Magic are, you know, to kind of go into, I was just looking at the standings and, you know, there are so many teams that are just in tankapalooza. Like there's about eight teams or so that are all just circling the drain, like the Kings and the Suns. And I think the Grizzlies are down there as well. Here, let me just pull it up instead of talking out my ass. Uh, The Suns, the Mavericks, the Kings, and the Grizzlies are all in the toilet. And then you've also got... um, in the Eastern Conference, you got the Hawks, the Magic, the Nets, the Bulls, and the Knicks are are the Knicks can't even tank properly. I mean, they they probably are gonna tank now, but they're not. They haven't been shitty enough to consider themselves tanking already. Um, so, of course, the Magic are one of those teams that's uh, you know circling the drain. So I'll get a chance to see Aaron Gordon, hopefully before they, tr- um, I mean, the trade deadline's passed, but, uh, you know, hopefully before they try to figure out what they want to do with him over, the, I mean, he, I don't think he's going to be on the Orlando Magic next year, although Orlando might, you know, they might try to build around him, although there is a sense that, you know, I think they might need to start over, but who knows what the hell Orlando's doing. I'd like to say that there's smart people in that front office, but they just, I mean, it's a new regime. Give them some time. I like Frank Vogel as a coach. Um and I'm going to see it, uh, you know, let's see what they got. But hopefully, I just think, I think the Sixers are going to be able to overwhelm them. The Sixers really have a way of, you know, jumping out to those big leads in the first half. And, you know, then their defense sort of flounders. But we've seen a little bit of an, a change in that over the last handful of games. Go, I mean, they had that five-game winning streak going into the All-Star break. And, um, you know, Embiid should be healthy when Embiid's on the floor. It's a very different team. And so, uh, you know, hopefully they'll come out with some gusto and, you know, Orlando won't give them too much trouble. You know, I think Orlando will definitely try to push the pace, but Orlando is the team that has way more problems than the Sixers, in my opinion. Now, uh, so I titled this Playoff Predictions because I wanted to take a look at the the playoff seeding, and I know there's been weird discussion about trying to reseed the playoffs and whatever. That's All of that's not going to happen in this season. Let's just focus on this season and uh, I mean, or listen, maybe you want to talk about reseeding the playoffs. There is something to be said for putting it one through sixteen and actually giving all of the teams, you know, why we're we splitting it east and west. I mean, the original thinking, I'm sure, was because it was easier to fly to these cities. Now in 2018, flying anywhere is a much easier thing to do. You know, having a game, you know, it, yeah, it does seem ridiculous to have like Boston and L.A. play in a first round series, but I mean. It's not too absurd to think that plane ride is any worse or better than like flying from Cleveland to Toronto when there's probably not even that many direct flights from Cleveland to Toronto and you're probably getting a connection, although the, the team doesn't worry about that, but everyone else who's got to go to the game does. Anyway, I'm getting off beat or off track, whatever you want to call it. Let's focus on the playoff seating. So 
let's take a look at the Eastern Conference right now. The Raptors and the Celtics are right up at the top. Celtics are two games uh, behind the Raptors. They pretty much both have 40 wins. They're kind of locked into that early section. Then you got the Cavs at 34 and 22, game and a half ahead of the Wizards, um, two games ahead of the Indiana Pacers, uh, two and a half games ahead of the Bucks, three and a half games ahead of the Sixers, and then it looks like they're a good five games ahead of the Heat. So all of those teams, you know, they could be changing spots before the end of the season. And then you you have the the 9 spot and the 10 spot are you've got the Pistons at 28 and 29 who looked exciting when Blake Griffin showed up but you know now they've kind of come back down to earth a little bit. Um and then you've got the Charlotte Hornets who are kind of fading fast. Um I don't think Charlotte's coming back this season. So right now you're really looking at the Eastern Conference and in one of, unless one of these teams implodes and when you think about the fact that after Charlotte, you've got the Knicks, the Bulls, the Nets, and the Magic, and the, and the Hawks, none of them are going to be catching the playoffs. So the playoff seeding, or well, not the seeding, but at least the contenders is set for the Eastern Conference. And then your question is, are the Pistons going to spook anybody? You know, can the Pistons really catch up to any of these teams? I mean, listen, they're, all, they're within striking distance of everybody from Cleveland down, but can they actually put things together and make it in, and who are they going to knock out? Um, I don't really know if that's going to happen. I just don't because all of the teams ahead of them are better teams. So Toronto and Boston, I mean, I think Toronto is the most, is the heaviest, nastiest contender that you've got in the Eastern Conference right now. You know, I think uh, there's a very real chance Cleveland is just going to go on up to the finals like they do because LeBron is fucking magic in a bottle and he can take shit-stained players and just fucking throw, throw them together and get them to the finals like it's nothing because he's the greatest player on the planet. But, you know, I, that, there's, that's probably going to happen all over again because Toronto and Boston, they haven't been playing together as long as, we, as they look you know, they got off to this amazingly hot start, and their defense has really started to kind of have issues the last couple of games. I mean, that game after the trade when Cleveland came into Boston on Paul Pierce's retire- jersey retirement night, and they just obliterated the Celtics, I mean, that was kind of a sign of they still have some things they need to work on. You know, Jason Tatum was, I think, playing a little, you know, I don't want to say over his head, but, you know, he was out playing what everybody was expecting at the beginning of the season. He's sort of coming back. He's regressing to the mean now. Same thing with Jalen Brown a little bit. I'm not saying these guys are not fantastic and this team is not a dangerous, dangerous powerhouse, but they just don't have the same consistency like the Raptors. So that's why I think the Raptors are going to finish with the best record in the East. Um, I think the Celtics will be right behind them. Uh, And listen, I don't know if I really... Even if so, I don't think I see anyone catching Cleveland because they have enough young guys now with their trade pieces with Hood and Hill and you know, I, I mean I kind of liked everybody they brought in. It all of these guys are steps in the right direction, um, and uh, I think that LeBron knows. He, I know he doesn't care about seeding, but he's gonna. It's not gonna be okay if LeBron is a five seed or a six seed. So I really do see Cleveland putting something together over the course of the rest of the season. Kevin Love's just going to come back, and I really I think Cleveland's going to finish as number three. Now, after that, that's where it starts to get kind of interesting because everyone else is a hot mess. I really do think, by the way, that was my cat. Um, I really think, now you got the Wizards and the Pacers who are, a game, who are really a half a game apart. I kind of see the Pacers finishing ahead of the Wizards. 
And I'll tell you why, just because I think the Wizards are going to continue to lose games with Wall out. I think when Wall comes back, that team is going to slide a little bit. Or excuse me, they'll, they'll stabilize, but until Wall comes back, they're going to slide. And I think the Pacers are going to move ahead of them. I think there's actually a real chance of Miami kind of creeping in there and finishing as the five seed. Because the Bucks and the Sixers, listen, I love the Sixers. I love them to death, but I'm also going to be the first one to tell you that they have flaws and that they live and die by Embiid. Uh, and it's the same thing with the Bucks. You know, they fired Jason Kidd this year. You know, Antetokounmpo has been playing amazing, but he's still quite has have has not figured out how to make that team good on his shoulders yet. I mean, he does a lot by himself, and I don't really think they, they understand right now, or at least he doesn't understand, how all those pieces fit together. Again, new team. They brought in Bledsoe this year. You know, they cut ties with Greg Monroe. I mean, it, you know, Della Vadova, Jason Terry's on that team. It's just... I don't know. They they kind of fit into the same realm as the Bucks and the Sixers with me, which is why I think Miami is going to slide up. I think Miami, you know, I've seen the Sixers push around Miami and, and play great games against them, but now you put Wade back on that team. And, you know, Dragic, James Johnson's been playing out of his mind. Whiteside's been playing great ball. Tyler Johnson. I mean, this is a more, and I like Spolster as a coach. This team is, it's more complete. It's just it's just ready to go into a deeper playoff run. And now when you with Wade back on the team, there's a swagger that's there again. So I'm actually kind of thinking you might see the Pacers in the four and the Heat in the five. And I think you might see the Wizards in the six. And then I think we're probably gonna see maybe the Sixers um and then the Bucks. Like I kind of think the Bucks are gonna keep sliding, and I think the Sixers are gonna move ahead of them. And so I think the Sixers will finish with the seven seed if not the eighth seed. But I don't see Detroit bumping any of these teams, and I don't really see, um, you know, I don't see any of them really imploding so much that they're going to be out. Um, yeah, that's that's my, listen, I could be dead wrong, but these are the impressions I'm getting right now. That's, that's my story. I'm sticking to it. Now, the Western Conference is a little bit more interesting. So, okay, one and two seed is sealed. Houston and Golden State are there. The, the most impressive thing about this season is not the fact that Golden State is still Golden State, but that the fact that Houston is, is right up there with Golden State, considering that they're going deeper and deeper into this, you know, three-ball Mike D'Antoni game. I mean, their defense is better. I mean, this team is fucking amazing. And now that you put Chris Paul as a facilitator, I mean, they are dangerous. And there's a very, very, very real discussion about them threatening the Warriors this year. And kudos to Daryl Morey, that entire organization. I mean, shit, give big ups to Leslie Alexander. He sold at a great time. Um, but they did great work in assembling this team, assembling this coach, putting together this great philosophy, and really understanding that they needed to go out there and fight the Warriors. They needed to be able to compete with this Golden State team, and this Rockets team is able to do that. I truly believe that it will be a legitimate contest between the Rockets and the Warriors. I, I, I'm, I'm predicting they're going to smash Clash, you know, Clash of the Titans style. Hopefully, like we didn't get, you know, two years ago with the Warriors and the and the Spurs. But you know, I want to see this Rockets Warriors series. It's going to be epic. Now, the re <laughs> the rest of the Western Conference is all a hot mess. I mean, not a hot mess, but they're all neck and neck. Spurs are 35 and 24. 
Timberwolves are 36 and 25. They're they're then you've got two games behind them are the Thunder, the Nuggets, and the Trailblazers. They're all right next to each other. And then you've got the Clippers are half a game out, and the Jazz are, are um, a game and a half out. After that, it's dog shit. So the real question is, two of these teams are going to be in the outside looking in. Now it just came out today that Kawhi Leonard's not going to play the rest of the season. Um, Holy fucking mismanagement by the Spurs. I would have never seen that coming. But listen, the guy's injured. Something's wrong. He's not playing. The Spurs have been a completely different team this year. And now that we know Kawhi's not coming back, I'm really scared. They're going to make the playoffs. But it's crazy because now you got to... I really think... I really think you're going to see the Thunder finish as the three seed. I think the Thunder are going to figure... I mean, they've slowly been figuring their shit out over the season. I think they will figure it out. I think by the end of the season, they're going to have enough chemistry that they will finish above those teams. And I think the Spurs, the Spurs will have enough savviness to prob- to finish with the four seed and get home court. But I think you're you're going to see. Wow, I can't believe I'm saying this, but I think you're going to see a team like the Trailblazers finish five. I think you'll see the Timberwolves finish six, um, and then I think you will see. Uh, I mean. I think I'm kind of thinking the Jazz. I think the Jazz are going to start coming in. I think the Jazz will finish seven, and then you're going to see teams like, um, I mean, you want the Clippers or the Pelicans or the Nuggets to be, you know, I mean, the likely idea would be the Pelicans, but they've just been such a different team since Boogie went down. And since Boogie went down, you know, Anthony Davis is doing everything he can to drag that team out of the, out of the, out of the mud, but I don't know. I just don't see it coming together. I mean, getting Miritich was a great move. Uh, I think he brought some much-needed shooting. Um, but it's just, they're fading, and they're fading fast. And the same thing with the Clippers. Like, the Clippers had some potential, but, you know, again, they're fading, and they're fading fast. I think you're probably going to see... I think you're probably going to see a team like the Jazz getting in at, like, the seven seed, and I think you'll probably see the Nuggets at the eight seed. So... I'm predicting the Thunder, the Spurs, and then the Timberwolves at five. The, or excuse me, the um, the Trailblazers at five, the Timberwolves at six, the Jazz at seven, and the Nuggets at eight. That's my prediction. That's how I'm going. That's that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. Um, I mean, listen, this is all just going off of what I've seen, my impressions of the team, how consistent they've been over the over the season. Uh, and you know, some of the superstars they got, you know, I mean, like the trailblazers have got Lillard and McCollum and for all their problems, you know, they're going to be able to throw together a couple of amazing wins that will allow them, I think, to slide up the standings. The Timberwolves have shown a track record of struggling. You know, I think they're a bit of a different team with Jimmy Butler there. I think Jimmy Butler's a huge piece like Carl Anthony Towns. He's had his growing pains, but dude, Jimmy Butler's the one who I think has really been the thing that has allowed the Timberwolves to be a serious competitor this season, because He's the only piece on that team that's, like, seriously different, aside from, like, what, Jeff Teague and Taj Gibson, but it's Jimmy Butler, man. He's making that machine go, but I still think they're going to flounder and have some problems, which is why they're going to slide down to, like, the sixth seed, Um, because the Thunder, the Spurs, and the Trailblazers are just a little bit more seasoned. They'll get those wins when they need them. The Jazz are just too hot. I think the Jazz are going to jump right in and bump the Pelicans. Uh, and I, th- I think the Nuggets have a little bit more going for them than the Clippers or the Pelicans right now. Uh, they just got talent, man. They got good talent. I don't think they're going to get past you know either Houston or Golden State, but they got talent. And um, 
it's it's kind of fun to watch them. And, you know, you got to be optimistic for something with that team, you know, especially in a smaller market, and they just don't have as many superstars right now. you got to be excited about guys like Jamal Murray and Gary Harris um, and Will Barton. These are great players, but, uh, you know, they just don't have the same name recognition as, like, a Chris Paul or a James Harden. Um, yeah, those are my playoff seedings. Thanks a lot for listening. Um, I, I kind of want to get out of here. Um the uh, but I I can't help but mention this thing in with Dallas with this terrible sexual harassment story that came out in Sports Illustrated. Um, really sad to hear that. Like it just well because also I'm hearing now that Mark Cuban didn't know anything for the guy who's such the hands-on owner to really have not no fucking idea what the hell was going on with the business side of his of his basketball team. I I kind of believe it, but I'm also sort of like. I mean, he just seems like the type of guy, I don't think he's going to pull a complete and utter fucking lie. He could, but I, I don't know. But it just, it was such a bad look. Um, really disconcerting stuff. And, you know, I just think Dallas is a classy organization. And, I mean, the sexual harassment, you know, sea change that we're seeing here over the last, I mean, shit, it's been four months since the Harvey Weinstein story broke. I mean, it's really something, and it's and it's peeling away at every single industry, and it's just showing itself in a disgusting way across the board. And I mean, God bless it. God bless the fact that this shit is getting exposed, and 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 you know, we as a society is at least stepping up and saying, on some level, this is not okay. That we should be saying this is not okay. Like Mark Cuban should come out and say, "I'm fucking embarrassed. This is horrible. This is terrible. These guys are fired. I'm bringing in new people. Fuck that shit." Like that's a good example to set. You know, yeah, it's bad that you fucked up on the job and you let this happen, but it's good that you stepped out and you said, "This is not okay. We need to fix this." It's very often in history that when you fuck up, you got to step forward and take it, say, "We did this wrong. This is on us. We apologize." We're gonna fix it moving forward. You can't. You can't get busted. If you get busted and apologize, that's a little different. You got to step up and be like, "Yo, I did this." We feel so much differently when someone's like, "Yo, I did this." Anyway, as I just disappointing, just very very disappointing. And uh, you know, I just think the NBA is one of the better leagues, one of the better run leagues, classier leagues, and. It was just disappointing. Anyway, I got to get out of here. It's um, I'm still sort of in the the throes of the All Star break. Um, you know, have to get back on the mic and just talk a little bit and discuss a little bit of what I'm seeing. I'm excited for the basketball game, but uh, you know, talking on a podcast is a big part of my life now, and it's just a big part of who I am and what I do and what I care about and what I think about every day. And trying to figure out ways to make this more of how I spend my time on a daily, weekly, yearly, monthly, lifely basis, understand more of how to do this, how to be better at it, how to learn more about these sports and speak about them coherently so that, you know, I can be taken seriously as a professional. And uh, every one of these sessions where I come on this microphone and talk to you, to you, the listener who has chosen to I'm going to say it again, to use a piece of your life, to utilize some of your time that you're never going to get back to listen to me talk about the Sixers or the Eagles or, I don't know, whatever damn thing comes through my mind. Thank you. Um, it's It's an experience and it's a growth and it's a journey for me and it's really exciting to go on it with you. So, thank you. Um... 
You can subscribe to Sam Sports Podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. Like my Facebook page, Sam Sports Station. Follow me on Instagram at Sam Sports Station. Follow me on Twitter at SmithFaceJones. Email me at samsportsstation at gmail.com. You know the spiel. I'm getting the fuck out of here. I'll see you guys next week. Talk to you later. Bye-bye.